How did you arrive at the onlook that you have in life at this stage of us meeting? Like, that's a powerful question to ask somebody. I'm not sure how you would phrase it or how it would come up in, in right. dialogue, <laughs> but that's a wonderful question to pose of what has brought you to this outlook that you have in life. <laughs> You're listening to the Experience Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, Ajene Gaylord, and I endeavor to educate, encourage, and empower women to embrace emotional healing and eradicate the stigma of mental health in the body of Christ. On this episode, Michelle and I continue our community conversation and we dialogue a little bit more about some components of community and what those three plus one more C things are. So I just think about how their community can mean different things within different contexts and then how do we show up in those different contexts and find ourselves unifying or finding unity within those spaces. Yeah, that's a really good point. I think the focusing on the fact of what we have in common is the crux is the, the main thing. Um, Because I think what some people are pointing out is that in recent years, it feels like too much of it, it, our focus has been on, what we're against or what we Mm -hmm. don't have in common or our differences and things like that. So I think this piece of getting back to what do we have in common, you know, the people in my neighborhood, they may not look like me. They may not, you know, they might be different ages. They might be different ethnicities. They might have different jobs, you know, than we do and such, but we do have the commonality of living in the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Um, And so this shared space that we have can be something to say, okay, well, how do we want to live in relationship with one another to take care of this space that we have in, in whatever forms it may be? And, you know, for our neighborhood, it could be things like you know, people not picking up after their dogs that go right. poo and right. stuff like that, right? But it's interesting because I am uh, in relationship with one of my two neighbors, and then I have another neighbor and another neighbor. And this is probably, well, back in Seattle, we had a, a family a few houses down that they ended up homeschooling as well. So that was kind of cool. Because we have actually done a pretty good job of trying to know our physical proximity neighbors. Mm -hmm. When we were in Toledo, we knew the next door neighbor and across the street and such. But that's one thing I would advocate for is wherever you're going that you and I guess that would fall under the category of being friendly, right? Of being genuinely curious, friendly, like the way you make friends is to be friendly. And so um kind of forgot what you asked me or said because mm-hmm. then I just like went um on what I was saying but it's That's okay. I think that the see I feel that it kind of boils down to my heart is to help people to not be lonely to yeah. to realize that mm. 
if there's something I can do, if I can um, smile, if I can um, help you in some way that we live so close, why not? We, Mm -hmm. you know, if, and we actually, our neighbor, my husband was replacing our water heater and um, our neighbor saw him doing that and offered for us to borrow his dolly. And that was awesome and amazing because that was a heavy beast of a something. And um, it would have been a lot harder of a job without that dolly. Mm -hmm. And so that's the little things that I'm talking about. Like if we are so secluded in our own houses and like, it's all about me, it's all about my family and, and my building, my whatever. And, you know, we can close our garages maybe, or, Like, I just don't even like the feel of seeing my neighbors pull up into their driveway and then pull into their house and they never had to come outside because their house is connected to the garage. (laughs) And so, like, I don't even know, do young people live there? Do old people? Are there children? Are there not children? Like, Mm -hmm. not even knowing that just feels so like I'm being shut out from a possibility Mm. of a relationship. Like, I know I'm not going to be wonderful friends with everybody, but to at least... I, I wrote down um, a question that I'm like, I feel like I want to start asking people more often, like, well, in, even just getting into conversations with people, like asking a question and and seeing where that leads, right? Because yeah. you never know. I mean, that person could be your new best friend and you just don't know it, right? Or, But even in conversation, I wrote down, where does your outlook on life come from? Not that I would directly ask that question, but I think if I have that in the back of my mind, like there is a reason all of that person's life experiences up to that point creates the outlook that they have. Mm-hmm. And so the reason they drive the car they do or, you know, live in the house they live or have the job they have, like it's it all comes together. And so I just want to be this person who's curious and and wants to um reach out make myself available just again that that do life together i'm here for you you're here for me on whatever little level or larger level i was thinking about the fact that you know when my father passed um having friends that you know brought meals that were there to hug me and such and even a neighbor, you know, to give me a card with a gift card in it type of thing, you know, to think that there are people in this world that don't have that mm-hmm. makes my heart so sad. And I'm like, I can't be everybody's neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I'm not in that proximity, but even to try to help foster that thought process that looking outside, I know the fr- mutual friend of ours, you know, she's always thinking of her neighbors and taking them soup if they're sick or things like that. And so, yeah, I think just as we like spur each other on in that, Mm -hmm. I think that it's a, oh, I kind of got out of that habit or, you know, I, I was in this busy season and so I didn't really have as much time to give to that. Um, That's one thing that I will say in this, the context of this uh, conversation is that, I do not like the fact that I think people 
often assume too much about people and their mm. level of busyness. I have five children. So I think people think, oh my gosh, she's got to, you know, have something scheduled every single nook and cranny. She doesn't have time for anything, you know, but because people are important to me, I create space and time, you know, I can put you on my calendar if I have to, but to, to make time to cultivate, you know, to have the conversations, to have the, that somebody to build the trust. I think that was another thing that the book kind of got into is, is the, the level of needing to be able to trust each other. Yeah. There's a lot. He says, I was just kind of like scratching the surface of a little bit and I'm going to continue to chew on what he's saying. And my hope is that the ideas in the book don't just stay as nice little ideas, Mm -hmm. but that it's like, okay, I understand why this is an issue and, and what can we practically do to help with this problem? Yeah, I like the practical sense of what you're sharing, because as you were talking about it, I thought about just how we define community as in common. But I think there are some factors or ingredients that go along with that. And you kind of said them as you were talking. The first was curiosity, Um, because we can focus a lot on what divides us or how we are different. And especially in the last few years of just even the medical, social, political, racial tensions that have been rising, the attitudes are you have to pick a side, you have to be here or there, it's us or them, kind of like the title of this book is excluding yourself from that ability to be curious about somebody else's experience. Just wanting to know and understand, not from a I want to judge your decisions and judge your life, but just even you at wondering things about your own physical neighbors of, I wonder, do they have community? Do they have other people in their lives? Do they have relationships that can care if they're in need? Just being curious about who does live near me? What's their life like? What, how did you arrive at the onlook that you have in life at this stage of us meeting? Like, that's a powerful question to ask somebody. I'm not sure how you would phrase it or how it would come up in, in right. dialogue, <laughs> but that's a wonderful question to pose of what has brought you to this outlook that you have in life today? Like that's, that's really Mm -hmm. great. But that's that curiosity. I think asking that question to want to really understand Mm -hmm. um, in order to lead to the next one, which I think is to care. Why do I want to know about who's driving into their garage and closing the door and not even coming outside or do they have children? Did they have a, a, a parent who passed away? Did they have a loved one? Did they lose their job? Um, did they have a celebration? Did they just have a child get married? Like all these things in order to care for them. You mentioned mm-hmm. our friend who will take food to a sick neighbor, who will call someone who's in need, who will even deliver these um, edible arrangements to friends when they feel down, like these fruit baskets of beautifully arranged fruits is amazing. And that's about caring for the neighbor, caring for Mm -hmm. your friend, caring for those relationships. So regardless of the physical proximity, the philosophical proximity, or even the personal proximity to someone else, do you care enough about 
what it is that they're going through? And is it a relational meaning there is a reciprocal nature to how you connect with one another? And it isn't all about you. I think you said that too, where some of it has a lot to do with just me, my, I, this is just about my experiences. It's not about anyone else. I think about generations before us lived differently than we live today. Most of us in our own homes, it's us and our partner, spouse, children, that's it. Whereas in generations past, it was multi-generations living in one household, sometimes out of necessity. But then there are immigrants and migrants who come to this country who do exactly that. They don't come here and then everybody splits up and goes into their own home. They actually have multiple generations all living in one home. And that's a cultural way in which they connect that's more embedded in their practices, but I think has a lot to do with that support. You being a young wife and being three hours away from your family and then having your first child and feeling disconnected from your your family had to be challenging. And then once you got to five, the idea was like, we got to move back home. Right. We have to move back to where our family is and get some support and help because we're looking for the care we need to be cared for. We want to care for our people. We want to take care of we want to be take care of the relationships, be in connection with each other. And then the last piece I think you really brought to to light was to cultivate that it takes work. It takes trust. It takes doing something. It isn't enough to just desire it. It isn't enough to just recognize that there are things that divide us. It's something about having to actually take action on it. And some of that has to do with risking um, yes. uh, yeah. your feelings, risking love, risking not being accepted, risking being rejected, risking a little bit to build that trust, um, mm-hmm. being willing to. And I think this is a, a principle um, in scripture that's very important to this idea of trust and cultivation is forgiveness. And we'll talk about that later on the podcast, but this idea of at some point we are all going to wound each other. If we relate right. with each other long enough, at some point I'm going to disappoint right. you. So I'm going to do something. I'm going to say something because yeah. we're fallen, not because we intended to. Now there are instances where that needs to be addressed because someone intended to wound, but in most cases it was an unintentional something occurred. It could be, we saw something the wrong way or we, looked at a situation in a way that wasn't intended or we misunderstood something somebody said or did. So at some point we will have to repair where those breaches happen. And that takes cultivation. Mm -hmm. That means I have to be willing to trust what I don't understand. That means I have to be willing to try. And I don't usually like using the word try because either you do or you don't do, but (laughs) for context, (laughs) we have to try. It means attempt to work at, um, connecting with others and and building what we're calling community. And so I haven't read the book yet, but I'm interested to read it and learn more about his perspective on what he's saying, because we have focused a lot on what divides us. We have focused a lot on what makes us different. And mm-hmm. I don't think we spent enough time focusing on what we all have in common. The one moment in time, at least in my lifetime, that I can think of that And even though it did create more divisions, I believe, than anything else was the COVID pandemic. It was the one thing that the entire world was experiencing all at the same time. And it's the one thing that we all had in common all at once. 
Right. It brought about a lot of other issues. There are a lot of things that came to the surface as a result. There's still things that are arising in our society and in our culture and in the world from the fallout of that. But it's the one time in history that I can think of where every human being on the planet had to be aware of what this mm-hmm. thing was, this threat to our health was happening. And I don't recall anything, any event like that occurring, at least in my lifetime before. So if there ever was a time (laughs) for us to recognize how important community actually is to our health and our well-being and our sustainability and our relationships, that is going to take a little bit of this work to be curious about one another, to care for one another, and then to really cultivate our connections And that's how we can build community. Now, I know at the beginning of the show, I promised you one more C. So stay tuned for the final episode in this series where we cover that last C in community. The life work for this episode is going to be for you to tap into those three C's within your own community. How you can stir up some curiosity care for those who are surrounding you and even cultivate relationships and trust. That's it for this episode. If you have been enjoying listening, please consider sharing and subscribing to the podcast. And until next time, remember, you have been set free to live free. So choose freedom. Freedom.